0: Borag Thung, Space Spinner fans. As many of you know, Fox and I record these episodes a bit ahead of time. We're reaching the point where we're going to end 1984 with the 1984 Spinnies. For that award show, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in on social media or at our email address, spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. Your nominations for the 1984 Spinnies. Best Artist. Best Writer. Best Story. Best month, best everything. Very interested to hear what you have to say about nineteen eighty four, and we'll like uh, I'll read them out on the show, and we'll discuss them and stuff like that. It'll be amazing. All right, and with that, let's get to this latest episode. Earthlets. My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 115th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for May and June 1984, progs 370 to 373 this episode judge decker is evaluated rogue trooper hangs out with some captains the strontium dogs are on the run and it's time for some god dang future shocks
1: I mean, like a whole lot, it's like yeah. an, in, an immeasurable amount.
0: <laughs> I was electrocuted by the future this episode. Uh, if you want so re- to, yeah, if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today and Judge Dread the Complete Kate Files, the Complete Case Files Seven, Strontium Dog SD Agency Files Two, Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth Two, and the Complete Future Shocks Volume Whatever. Anyhow um w- w- when that comes out so uh anyhow speaking of uh things that aren't future shocks fucks <laughs> thank god let's get things started with <laughs> through one strontium dog out loud! yeah script about alan grant and john wagner is alan grant art about carlos escarelli her about jack potter Okay, Fox.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Skrakow!
0: Shram! Skrakow! Star, star shells! shells. Uh, so, Johnny Alpha, Wolf, and Middenface McNulty are on the run sneaking through the Antarctic jungle when some star shells go off, illuminating them. Um, they come under fire from a bunch of mutant gunmen, and Middenface gets shot in the head lumps. My lumps!
1: No, yeah, he got a whole lump shot off. It was yeah. pretty gross.
0: It's pretty gross. He responds by firing a smoke shell, which allows them to escape through the mutant ambush. Even as they come, even as the ambushers come after our guys with kill dozers,
1: and just shooting their own guys because there's a lot of smoke. Yeah, there's a lot
0: of chaos and stuff. Wolf gets shot in the arm, and our guys take the dozers and escape. Um, uh, sorry, they take one of the dozers and turn it against the other stronts. And then they escape in classic 2080 fashion when they head to a storm drain and head into the sewers.
1: A hey, sewer level is, is, the, is the most important level. Gotta have yeah. one
0: in every uh, story. Pretty <laughs> Back, much. Yeah, pretty much. Back at the doghouse, the, stick, the Sticks brothers have come for the Gronk, who immediately no. has a heart attack and dies, winning <laughs> one of the brothers 100 credits from the other, because he bet that the Gronk would just die right away.
1: So rough being a
0: grunk. Seriously. Meanwhile, the new director Norman King, aka the uh, genocidal Nelson Bunker Creelman, reflects on the events of the Portrait of a Mutant storyline.
1: So he does a face off because he's wearing a rubber mask. Yeah,
0: face off. Did the hand move? (laughs) Um. My man. So basically, you know, at the end of Portrait of a Mutant, he was left in a time trap, and we see that the Styx brothers there on unrelated business sort of found him and um, freed him. He used.
1: And, and it seems sort of like nonchalant. They're just like, uh, let's just hear what he has to say because it could mean money for us. And then <laughs> yeah. I guess. They,
0: they got, you know, they got it. a lot of greed, and they know an opportunity when they see one, you know? Um, once he was freed, Creelman used his remaining influence, um, and he schemed with the Stixes to put this whole plan we're seeing into action. The Stixes arrive at Creelman's office and toss the dead Gront Gronk into the garbage there, and then Creelman sends them to Ach Eleven, the uh, the Scottish world where this whole thing started, to take out Alpha. When he arrives there, in classic villain fashion, he wants Johnny alive.
1: Yeah, he wants to break his hands or break break his hands. God, break his neck with his bare hands. That's right. And, uh, You know, I gotta say about this uh, particular one, really good good way of handling. Like, uh, in case you didn't know, from people who might not have read. Kind yeah, of
0: no the flashback. Uh, the flashback was a pretty good flashback of just giving you the high points of Portrait of a Mutant and stuff, which. Mm-hmm. Is really important for this one just because it, you know, it gives you so much of this story of uh, Johnny's father and stuff that's really important for this thing. Mm. But, you know, like we've said before, I mean, there's just people that haven't read that far back. I mean, Portrait of a Mutant was like a, in, like, you know, uh, over 100 progs ago you know oh my god yeah not possible it's just tough um and, but speaking of being alive fox uh <laughs> the gronk has managed to restart his hearts just in time to basically hear the previous conversation um, and then have another heart attack <laughs> yeah well the shock that johnny's father is still alive and stuff uh gives him another heart attack indeed
1: I love the way that they describe it, too, because, like, in the sort of the start of this, they're like, so Gronks have heart attacks. They got really weak hearts, but the more adventurous ones of them uh, generally have this ability to restart their heart. (laughs) Yeah. The Gronk is 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 a strontium dog and i guess that makes him adventurous
0: yeah i mean you know like gronk's less yeah he's more like a like like a computer that kind of goes into cool down that eventually like once it's ready sort of reboots on its own and stuff like that you know um anyhow in the sewers midden face blocks the entrance with his uh missile launcher or, or bazooka or whatever and it's cool. the, yeah, and the team makes their way through the underground in relative safety. But what's that smell?
1: I, I love how they just they do the whole finger pointing yuck, and then uh, Johnny smells the water to make sure that it's not the sewage water that's making yeah, the smell grossly. It's like this whole thing.
0: He like gets a handful of the sewage water, holds it up to his face. Not something I would do, I must say. <laughs> not um, ever. But it, so, it's not the sewer, though, because the water's clean. So there's only one answer. It's got to be Smelly Quinn ambushing them. Oh, yeah, I God knew God, that smell nice. would be the death of me. <laughs>
1: Dude, I... Oh, man. He was like the the secret character I was excited about the most, because he was the stinky one. And uh, he died from doing died what from his, he was, yeah, I his, guess. His,
0: his, his, yeah, he, he was hiding around the corner, but his stink lines were visible for all to see. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow so our so our boys are in the city they swiftly carjack a vehicle from the antarctic brotherhood and uh dress in their stolen robes when so when they arrive at the, at the spaceport where there are at least 15 stronts waiting for them yep. in these disguises uh johnny wolf and Middenface go for subterfuge they send a false tip that a nearby hearse is in well, fact is carrying them up. yeah which caused the mutants to like grab this hearse and pull out the coffins shoot them up pry them open and realize oh no there's just a bunch of dead dudes in here <laughs> Not the people we're looking <laughs> for
1: while while people are crying yeah, about like oh the, my like, father dead father yeah.
0: like, lighten up toots they're dead anyway oh <laughs> So horrible. <laughs> so our uh, our guys are entering uh, disguised as um, religious dudes, but the blood on Middenface's face from getting one of his lumps shot off causes them to be identified. They get rumbled by the dogs. And they got to make a break for it as a gunfight uh, opens up they jump through uh, the windows of the spaceport and make their way onto the field. There's a fast space liner that they can steal. They are they can almost make it, but suddenly there's some jeeps and stuff coming after them. They won't be able to get there in time.
1: Man, my favorite part of this is, like, as they're making their escape, they're running through the mess hall, or, like, some cantina. Like, yeah, they're like, stepping right? on people's and
0: food and stuff.
1: Yeah, and, like, as Mittenface is getting pulled through the window by Wolf, he's, like, he's... Visibly eating some of the
0: people we eating. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Yeah. Next time, Lucky Dogs. Oh, man.
1: It's a good one, man. I'd like to some Strontium Dog this Yeah, week. just
0: some good action. Like, these guys rolling through Antarctica, like, getting in various gunfights and stuff like that. Um, cool plot development with, the, with uh, Nelson Ki- King and all that stuff. Or, uh, what is it, Norman King as... Um, in disguise, Nelson Creelman and stuff. I'm, I'm really excited for the rest of this, for, for I, how the story is going to go. You know, we're still in the early days and there's a lot more to come.
1: I, I really like there's not a lot of text in portions of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think the most talking anyone does is in the fucking sewers uh, and around the Gronk. But yeah, it, there's just so much action going on and they really try to open it up for that. And, man, oh, man, just like it's just so well done. Like, Ascara, eat your heart out, you know? Yeah, they're
0: definitely get, uh, letting Ascara just sort of do his thing and, and be real crazy about it, and that's always to be appreciated. I really love it, man. He's, yeah. uh, he's a trooper, dude. To- oh, look at this guy. Look <laughs> at this guy. Speaking of troopers and not uh, Future Shocks, it's Thrill to Rogue Trooper. And not Sure uh script robot Jerry Finley Day art robot Cam Kennedy lettering robot Bill Nuttall so you'll remember last week Fox uh Rogue got a message from Millicom saying to come to like a meeting of like a uh, soldier guys and he did yeah and now he's there um they've drawn guns on him for a second at least but now it looks like that was just for security they put their guns down and the, this bunch of officers all captains are here to talk turkey basically
1: yeah man they're like they have ambition um,
0: yeah and they're tired of how the war is being run and uh they want to go out there on their own to assassinate a bunch of top nord leaders um and rogue will take the lead and doing this will secure their position in like the upper echelons of the nord command and they in return they offer rogue like full amnesty and a region of the chips and all that stuff
1: and it's so there are only two outcomes of this number one one of them is bad number two they plan to turn on him or like some of them i don't know <laughs> the point is like oh god i'm just so ready for one of those two things to happen at this yeah point.
0: rogue huddles with the chips and then eventually agrees he turns off the light and batman's away <laughs> 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 like so true um
1: Meet me at the Fungus Forest
0: biome in Minecraft. Exactly. Um, Eleven hours later, Captains Willard, Main, and Coogan arrive at a Fungus Zone, which is full of cool mushroom trees and stuff. I thought it was pretty neat. Um, I like
1: the mushrooms growing on the mushrooms.
0: Definitely, they. Uh, I I feel like this is a much more welcoming fungus landscape than the one that was growing on Mayor Grub all oh, those many issues oh ago. Oh, God, <laughs> that's so horrific. That was horrific. This is more just kind of fun and mushroomy. Yeah. Um, they settle in with some lush with some luxe rations while they wait for rogue but rogue wow, arrives...
1: somebody's somebody's a captain
0: yeah living it up with their officer food rogue arrives and quickly blows away all their luxuries um,
1: yeah just with a grenade
0: definitely <laughs> well first first he shoots like a food bar out of, out of one of their hands Which and then a
1: dangerous man
0: yeah and, and then he blows the rest of it up um, basically it's about 40 days or or so until the Nort until the Nort meeting, and Rogue intends to train these dudes to not to not be half-assed. In that time, your last easy day was yesterday, Captain. <laughs> oh my God! And uh, yeah, then
1: I guess he just starts doing a training. Man, he yeah, to get shot at. Time
0: for a training montage. Up. Yeah, um, I think one thing that's kind of interesting is that he puts these guys in those same low-profile um, suits that, like, the Trader General was in during their most mm. recent showdown with, like, the glass bubble helmet thing and sort of, like, lightweight and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, he just sort of, like, drives him through live fire exercise and makes him do just general training things. What <laughs> I
1: love is that they, they he was doing the whole, like, um, it, you know stripping and then um re again yeah
0: reassembling except whatever.
1: that he's got a tie over the dude's face but he's in a bubble helmet so
0: yeah I you probably still see yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know how how, the, how they were going to eat those lux rations too through their helmets <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it uh you
1: just shove it into the
0: food. oh into like the grill of like your helmet yeah <laughs>
1: You just, no, you know what they do? Is they just shove it onto the helmet and they just smear it all around.
0: Ooh, nice. Yeah, war paint. Yeah. Um, so, oh. anyhow, they take down a Nord patrol, and one of the captains, uh, Captain Willard, wants to give Rogue some info about this mission. When word comes in, they have the time and place of the Nord summit. Let's move out. Get uh, ready
1: for this to happen in every episode now.
0: But what is it that Rogue doesn't know? <laughs>
1: i mean i think um, like a lot
0: yeah that's fair so the meeting will be in the neverglades the largest and most dangerous <laughs> wilderness zone on the planet so
1: it's, stupid it's pretty
0: dumb they're five zones away so they'll have to get there by hiding on the bottom of a hover troop train which is pretty cool that i think is not, yeah that's awesome that's it not is, stupid yeah, they're just like holding on to like, um, pull up bars in the bottom of this, like, uh, big, uh, ship and then sort of, sort, sort of let go and they get there. It's very like future hobo kind of things. Yeah, um, man, it's getting wrecked. yeah, it's cool. So they arrive in the Neverglades. They're cutting their way through the, sh- through the jungle with, uh, which, oh,
1: that is also awesome.
0: I wish they called him shetes instead of lashetis, yeah. but whatever. Um, Rogue tries to ask Willard what's up, but Willard is suddenly attacked by a mutigator. Which is
1: is really just a
0: snake. Yeah, it's like a dragon face snake, basically. I don't Um, know if I'd call it a gator. You know, uh, strong agree. Rogue takes it out though with the lichetti, and but Willard dies in the process. His suit might have been cut by the mutigator, but maybe it was cut off by one of the other officers. Rogue takes his dog tags. Who's next?
1: I mean, (laughs) like this has happened to you so much, buddy.
0: What (laughs) is it that Rogue doesn't know? Um. so Rogue and the two and the two remaining captains move through the swamp dodging Nord Patrol craft and killing swamp mutants with their bare hands that's what Rogue does it's pretty cool um
1: he just like crushes the snake.
0: Yeah, he tries to get Captain Coogan to give him the lowdown when Captain Maine trips a, a Nort alarm beam. A camoed patrol boat goes to attack, but a yeah, rogue fuck? rogue grabs grabs the Lachetti again and tries to take it out from underwater. Because I feel Which like is cool. yeah, like this month is brought to you by the Lachetti Corporation, I guess. <laughs> um... But so, he plans to do this, but instead, Coogan uh, grabs Gunner and shoots him all down, including possibly Captain Maine. Um, is a bummer. Mm. So, above the swamp, as they sort of finish this, they see a bunch of Nort capsules dropping in. The summit's about to begin. Rogue and Coogan continue through the swamp, just the two of them. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, technically it's the five of them, but who cares? <laughs> um <laughs> Because there's three chips, buddy. Um. Yeah,
1: I know. But they're just like (laughs) the weird... Like, they just bitch all the time. Oh, man. Look at this
0: guy. Big for robot rights, but not for uh, brains and computer chip rights. Anyhow. They
1: (laughs) were living things turned into computers.
0: Fair. Okay, yeah. Rogues on edge and paranoid about the whole situation because um, it's literally been his 100% experience that he'll be betrayed in the course of doing these things. He's never not been betrayed. Um, Like, every time yeah see that's why he's got to go rogue yeah so next time rank and vile so fox what do you what do you think is the twist here what do you think is going to happen
1: okay so i am if i'm gonna put all of my chips on the either red or black choice Mm -hmm. that i that i kind of set up earlier yeah i'm gonna say like it's been it's been too much that we've been seeing these people just straight up betray him i think that it's all accidental, right? Like no one actually killed anyone. This guy, this uh, Coogan dude, is not a traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that, uh, like, this whole thing is like a setup. Like, I don't think there's a big meeting. I like you don't know what's going in Ooh. those big giant cans. I think that this whole thing's some kind of weird setup, uh, and. They were probably gonna just like not like a, do what they said anyway.
0: Like a weird setup to take down Rogue, or like what, like what kind of big setup? I mean, or
1: to kill those captains. Right. Oh, like a we have.
0: a specific plan to kill those to kill these three captains by by sending them on, on like a suicide mission or something.
1: I mean, hey, dude, if I'm like a bunch of generals and I'm running Millicom, and then these upstarts are trying to get all up in my business, and they're like, we want to be generals now. It's like, yeah, you're gonna kill them. I mean, they had no problem just like straight up icing all of the like troopers, you know.
0: That's fair. I hate when captains are trying to get up all my business, man. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How about you, Conrad? Or do you already know? Oh yeah, I, know
0: your- I I know. Um, I can say that that you are wrong, but it's fine. Oh <laughs> wow!
1: Please. So it's because it's just going to be treachery, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely treachery. I mean, yeah, um, of course. I'm not going to tell you I, what. You can find out I, next. I, you can find out next week.
1: <laughs> God fucking damn it!
0: You knew... I mean, it's so obvious that it's treachery, right? Especially as Rogue is asking these guys what's up, you know? I know.
1: I just... I wish it wasn't. You know,
0: me too. But what's good, what are you going to do? We're getting towards the end of uh, Rogue Trooper, I should say. Also, we're probably and, like and that's the ultimate betrayal, right? Like five or like maybe like four or five episodes left, I, um, or maybe a little more, but not too much more. I don't think he'll be really it'll be done by, by the end of the year. Oh, you know, it's fine. Like it's not. That, it's it's just the end of like the big of a season, you know, of like uh, the first part of Rogue Trooper. There's mm-hmm. tons more rogue to come over the years. So whatever. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's good. And but speaking of uh of uh, new faces in the in the in the Prog Fox. Oh my gosh. It's Thrill 3 Judge Dread. Ah, oh, man, I'm just going
1: to gush a little bit i love i love decker I'm <laughs> love.
0: yeah uh script robot john wagner and alan grant is tb grover art robot kim raymond leg robot tony jacob and tom frame so you know we've had, this is kim raymond's second time drawing dread and he's doing this whole story about um rookie judge decker mm. we start by uh flashing back to the super bowl which will recall uh mayor dave the orangutan sort of uh famously called that the rats would beat the radiators, although that was very unlikely initially. So now we're seeing how that happened basically.
1: Um <laughs> I mean clearly the monk or the, the ape is clairvoyant.
0: Indeed. We uh we start with the lowdown on futuristic American football, which is theoretically basically the same, but now all the players have um exactly twenty five percent bionic upgrades.
1: Which I guess means sometimes it's your legs and face. Sometimes it's your arms and face. Sometimes it's just your arms. It's, like, weird. Some people have, like, helmets that are made out of people metal.
0: Yeah, I I do like how um, Raymond draws a really diverse number of uh, cyber football guys here. Mm.
1: I also like his sketchy kind of art style. It's, like, very Rahun-
0: I I I agree on that. Although I'm 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 kind of of two minds about it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely like his style is very rough. Is seems very like like rough, which I think is cool. But I think you know it has its, it. can definitely also sort of not be that great. Like, it oh, can, there's some really bad. Like when it's good, it's good. When it's not good, yes. it's 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 not good. I think it's got a very Absolutely high variance. Completely. So, Dread arrives in the practice field to let the radiators know that there have been bomb threats, and that he and his rookie cadet judge Decker are investigating.
1: Oh, well, how yeah. no nice of them!
0: Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll remember. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll remember cadets, cadet judges from like the Judge Giant story and stuff like that. You know, they had a white helmet. They're on probation, and Dread usually, and like the judge usually lets the cadet sort of lead the way. Um, and follow them and sort of evaluate as they do things. That's very much how Dred's doing it with uh, Decker here.
1: And she out the gate is like scoring some points, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. Decker like takes the lead. They have tech judges start searching the whole arena. They don't find any bombs in the locker room, but they do find a whole bunch of contraband. And suddenly three of the top players for radiators <laughs> are in the cubes for for between six months and two years.
1: And then the coach is just like, hey man, can't we like postpone this till after the game? And dread is like not
0: okay with I the I don't chips. give a crap about your game, buddy. I care about this justice. <laughs> so um, great. News of an inside man comes through and so Decker starts questioning the team members, even the like dandy
1: dandy handheld lie detector. Yeah, with the
0: birdie, even as they're like heading out to play in the Super Bowl itself. So uh, great. Decker calls back, wh- calls a player back for one last round of questions, and he's revealed to be the inside man. The two of them brawl around the practice room, and suddenly a whole bunch of barbells are barreling down at Decker's face.
1: Oh my god, what am I going to do? Uh, I guess the most classic cop move of all. Yeah, just sort of do a,
0: yeah, a, a rollie out of the way, and then take the player down, you know. <sighs> He's arrested, but as he's taken away, he fingers the star quarterback um, as also being an inside job it's guy. Such a dick move. Tom, if I'm, I'm taking you with me. So, with five of their top players arrested and, and in the cubes, the radios prepare for the game of their lives. Unfortunately, the coach's fiery pregame speech gets him five years for incitement oh, okay. to, vo- to violence, and another top player gets 12 months for conspiracy.
1: <laughs> it's really fucking great. <laughs> and like, what my favorite thing was is that, like, because because the coach gives this rousing speech, he's like, "I want damage," and the yeah. guy's like, "I'm on it." And uh, so, dread, you know, locks up the dude, but it's Decker who slaps the cuffs on the on the on the team member. Yeah, and he's like good work because i would have just fucking failed you if you didn't pick
0: that up there's a lot of like i mean this happened in the judge giant one too where dread kind of does something where he like misses something or like he like play acts like going over the edge or something um sort of um and and he's expecting the rookie to like correct him and or do something extra there you know
1: It's good. uh, It's good teaching.
0: Yeah. After this, Dred gets the call, and it turns out that this whole bomb threat thing was just a hoax all along. As like I suspected it, and so (laughs) the greatly reduced radiators go out to fight the rats, where they are slaughtered, (laughs) losing ninety four to zero, and thus making the reputation of future mayor Dave the orangutan. All right. (laughs) yeah
1: and kind of like literally slaughtered because the the scene that we see sort of afterwards with the rats winning is just a bunch of players on the ground like just yes. broken yes
0: it's very much um a more literal slaughtering than one might expect <laughs> it's like that's football now okay. De- yeah i mean you know whatever once you get enough uh, bionics to protect your brains from cte it becomes a whole different like situation oh my god you know what i mean yeah, man. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Dread and Decker are busting an illegal bingo game out in the abandoned this dust is zone. This is um, so great. Yeah, they gotta be discreet because the bingo hall is full of like eldsters, like like older citizens of Mega City One. And so if they burst in, they'll give them all heart attacks and like kill them basically. Um, Decker takes the lead, not wearing a helmet. FYI um Looking she, real cute oh yeah like she, she swiftly clears out all the guards um oh man it was awesome and then we also get some scenes of the actual bingo game here um <laughs> apparently english bingo uses a different set of numbers than american bingo yeah um, because english bingo i feel like it goes from like one to 72 or something like that or maybe even like mm-hmm. like like one to a hundred um possibly one to a hundred in this future version, um, as opposed to American bingo where there are letters, but, or, or numbers, but those numbers also have letters in them. So it's like, you like B seven or O, um, whatever, like the letters spell out bingo, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, one second, um, a, a fun thing to look at on Wikipedia is, um, you can look up British bingo names for a bunch of lists of like, what is commonly said with the numbers and then oh, why they, why they say that and stuff,
1: you know, Number twenty-three, the Lord is my shepherd,
0: right? Because that's like Psalm twenty-three of Psalm twenty-three. Yeah, Yeah. and and just there's a whole bunch of them. It's it's a fun Wikipedia page. I like. Oh, this is great. Because some of them are just like, yeah, man, it rhymes. What do you want? Like, get out of (laughs) here.
1: All threes. Fish, chips, and peas.
0: And, like, 27 is like duck on a crutch because two looks like a duck and seven looks like a crutch. Like, whatever. I thought it was kind of oh a, my God. a funny thing. And they're, and they're doing versions my of this. It's getting
1: frisky. It's number 60.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and they do futuristic versions of them in Dread 2 where it's, like, 66 is, like, two old knee pads or something like that, which I thought was pretty funny. That um, was really good. But anyhow... Oh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Decker takes these guy takes down the guys running the hall with like her silenced log- uh, uh, lawgiver and stuff and basically kind of from behind the curtains gets them to just sh- sh- shut the game app down and kick all the Eldsters out. The guys running the game gets get five years and extra harsh for taking advantage of old people, and the Eldsters themselves just kind of let go because they're like bingo You know, it's the far future, and there's just no cure for old people playing bingo. <laughs> they can't help. I, I,
1: love, I love the, the like, intense, uh, stony stare he has looking up at the sky at the end you know it's just strange we can colonize distant planets we can send probes through the heart of the sun but we can't find
0: a cure for bingo all these bingaholics getting drunk in that sweet sweet bingo hall buddy
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just such a wistful look into the sky just like (laughs) these poor souls I thought this the one was also yeah,
0: for dread. definitely. I thought this one was also funny, just because it made me think of the last time we saw Bingo in the course of our podcast, which was when uh, Wolfie Smith used his psychic abilities to cheat at Bingo. Oh my God! Yeah, and get all that free crap. He won like a big stuffed bear, and then he traded that bear to like a seaside diner oh, for yeah. dinner and stuff.
1: So bizarre!
0: <laughs> Super bizarre. Anyhow,
1: <laughs> fucking Wolfie Smith.
0: Seriously, you got to remember these old things. Um, anyhow, there is. A bullion carrier under attack, which just seems to be a like a big a big truck with a bunch of gold bars in the back, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Mean,
1: hey, why not? Right?
0: Yeah, Dread and Decker are responding. The heisters grab a bunch of gold bars and split, killing one of their own as they go to establish that they're evil. Um, <laughs> Dread Decker successfully identifies their car as a Dark puce, and because this col- this uh, the comic started in color, I can't in fact agree that, that 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 is a puce car. <laughs> Wow. And the judges ride out to take them down, exchanging shots on the expressway. The judges follow the perps into the Lloyd Bridges block, where they have taken hostages. Thinking fast, Man, oh, how are you going to deal with this? Seriously, Decker runs up to the floor above that, uh, above the apartment, repels through the window, taking out the perps mid jump. It's pretty awesome.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: Um, that just like
1: shoots twice, two bodies hit the floor yeah
0: that judge saved us Ah, that's just a rookie not a rookie anymore she's a full judge so great (laughs) dread compliments her on her so we we cut to decker being made a full judge in a full ceremony with uh, chief judge magruder and all that stuff um Dread compliments her on her f- on a faultless performance. She's the best rookie he's ever had. She says she can't take all the credit because she followed the textbook. Dread's comportment to the letter. <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah, she's she, I think she's you know, hey Dredd, I know your shit. I mean that's how you that's how you pass when you uh, when you work with Judge Dredd. You read what he
0: tells Yeah, uh, I mean you the might the as well train from. for the toughest guy, you know. I just that's like him I'm because he's basically doing my favorite thing, which is where you go up to someone and said, I read your book <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Man,
1: this was great. I, I like Decker. I like this um this just immediate punch of just like, yeah, she knows what she's doing.
0: Yeah, and this and is a, this is a fun really complicated like
1: complicated gets in her way like she can handle it all. Yeah,
0: definitely, this is a fun like just sort of, sort of four issue like mini like a story. I I I'm I'm really stoked that it just that it it fell right in the middle of our uh, of our episode setups. So we could do the whole thing in, oh, in yeah. one go for sure. Um, yeah, I like Decker a lot too. Um, we won't really see much of her though until the distant future. You uh, know, nineteen oh, really? yeah, 1991 is when she returns to uh, to uh, the Progs holy crap like literally she'll be back in uh prog like uh uh, 746 i believe which is like double literally double the amount of progs as we're finishing (laughs) up this episode like it's it's crazy yeah anyhow next time i judge dread the wreckers
1: all right
0: all right yeah yeah good good stuff Oh, man, that's the end of the good stuff, Fox. Uh, uh, speaking of speaking of things that are not Future Shocks, it's uh, <laughs> non-thrills, covers, and nerve center. Oh, God. <laughs> I like this running gag. Um, t- uh, it's going to pay off soon. <laughs> Prague three, <laughs> 370, relax, team. All protect you. Judge Decker is on the case at the Super Bowl in this uh, Kim Raymond cover. In the nerve center, Tharg with an awesome mohawk. Um... Or Judge Tharg with a cool mohawk introduces this new Judge Dredd story. There's a picture of Strontium Frog. I was going to (laughs) say. Definitely. And uh, letters cast... a dread movie with the standard Clint Eastwood is dread. And they have a uh, Yule Brenner as, as Mean Machine, which I don't agree with. And I think they mostly just cast him because I feel like he's the most famous bald person. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> in, like, shame, yeah, 1984 yeah. because like Yule Brenner would be dead from lung cancer within the year. He's not, he's in oh. no position in 1984. He's in no position to be, to be Mean Machine, you know? Um. That's real. Yeah, there's question a question about female characters. Got us another tease of Halo Jones. There's discussion of Tharg's modesty, and a blackbird was brought back to life with thrill power. I don't know. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, Tharg is going on summer vacation, not unlike your con- your podcast host. I just got back from vacation, and he's oh, got nice. very and he's had various bots to dis- uh, decide top reader art for ten pounds each mid prog uh, the big one here is uh Sim One, Simon Geller, who's the new junior editor, and he's picked a the a, a negative dread, like dread in in a reversed colors. I yeah. also like uh, modern art th- Tharg and this wolf, this a werewolfy uh, thriller Tharg in here.
1: Yeah, man, he's got a weird dog face. <laughs>
0: Definitely um prog 371 there's a lot of robin smith in this prog starting with a nice generic like rogue trooper cover a rebel with a cause (laughs) Uh, god in the nerve center thark tells us about the slain action figure in 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 this one there's a picture of a soul trooper which is a lizard guy fought thark fought a few months ago Mm -hmm. and there's 2080 readers getting married a mum making a quilt with a judge dread badge Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, Thrill Smugglers selling the Pluto version of the Prague on Venus because the Galactic Groat price is way cheaper on Pluto than on Venus. Man. <clears throat> Interfacing just with this uh, with the world building here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: Whatever you can do, I guess. I'm just saying like, man, I'm not going to drive all the way out to Pluto.
0: It's true. It's pretty far. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, 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 Mid-Prog, there's even more like a Another <laughs> double spread of fan art just totals a <laughs> uh, uh, filler here. <laughs> you get another Stronti. I love that it's Strontium Frog and then goes to Strontium Hog. <laughs> Strontium, you know, the, there's a lot of room for puns with the Strontiums for sure. There's a, the genetic businessman, which I kind of like, um, yes. a Clint Eastwood Dread, and Judge Snork. <laughs> Real good.
1: Extra the, big nose. If yeah. you had that, I feel like. I feel like they just have you remove it. you can't, You got to have a regulation nose. Yeah,
0: man. You can't have non-regulation body parts and be a judge, you know, unless you're on the Wally squad, which we'll talk about later. Um, what? That, that's like the undercover judges. Um, ah. We'll see. Yeah. There's a slain cutout paper doll towards the end of this book. Um, it's all right. It seems easier to do than the rogue trooper one, which had a lot of, like, sort of, like, cut out the um the straps for the for a bag man and stuff which seemed complicated although yeah. um i'm not a huge fan of robin smith's like version of slain in the mm-hmm. drawing here you know it's just real different from the versions we've seen from all the other um artists that have done slain so far you know
1: it definitely looks more saturday morning cartoon i feel like yeah
0: it's got just kind of a generic like barbarian look as opposed to what we have specifically seen from slain so far you know what i mean
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Prug 372, your number's up! Kim Raymond, Ron Decker, taking out some bingo dudes. In, <laughs> so um, weird. It's definitely weird. In the nerve center, Double Decker Tharg. That's uh, Abel Tharg Snaz, of course. Tharg announces <laughs> it's time to start hearing responses from that survey we had last episode, I believe. Um, okay. There's a pretty cool picture of Johnny Alpha, and the letters are about what Tharg fears. Nothing. The number of oranges in the DR and Quinch story apparently... Um. Based on the weight that they said the oranges were and how many of them there there were, each orange would have to weigh, uh, like, 40 pounds or something. Oh, my God. Which, get off my back, kid. Um, there's <laughs> jokes about uh, Rastafari, uh, Rastafarian robots. Um,
1: yeah, I'm into that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or whatever else. And there's a joke question about what the credit box means. Midprog, accounting droid, plus one. Gives us more fan art, including the Face of Fear, which is Judge Fear with the Thrill Sucker in the middle. Hard-boiled Dread, a female Tharg, and a cool Swamp Creature robot. Man,
1: Swamp Creature is awesome. He's got two swords.
0: That's true. Profiles are for uh, guys named uh, Nicholas Houston... More, uh, Christopher Morrison, John Robertson. There's a guy who is 59 years old and likes Nemesis and Strontium Dog. Oh my god. There's also a Mighty Micro page complete with a bunch of game reviews. I'd say the one from here I'm most interested in is the game Trash Man for the Spectrum, which I looked up on YouTube and just seems to be about you uh, picking up trash, which is kind of funny. Um, Man,
1: I cannot abide by
0: that. It's just it's one of those life sim games, or uh, like a uh, like, uh, Euro Truck Simulator or whatever. I love um, Euro
1: Truck Simulator. That's a good one. The <laughs> but pro- I don't. I don't put it on the level of like
0: collecting garbage. You're Gonna collect that garbage, buddy. The frog ends with a Brett Ewan's pinup of Dread beating up some punks, which is always a good time. Hey, Amen. Uh,
1: sometimes you you just gotta not get on his nerves. So right. I like the dude's little like weird
0: tentacle dreads. Definitely. Yeah, it's just good. Good Brett Ewan's like, Brett Ewan always draws the best hair. I love his, uh, he's always, everyone always has crazy mohawks and they're always flowing <laughs> all over the place. Um, it's a real great, Mad yeah, Max ass. Definitely. Prog 373, rest in Pieces, Alpha. Not this time, dog brother. Um, Ascara jo- draws Johnny and Wolf escaping with the oldest trick in the book wearing, uh, costumes that you've beaten someone up to take. <laughs> <laughs> In the nerve center, Kojak Tharg, who loves you, baby. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> talks about uh, taking droids on vacation to Essex. There's a picture of a real Strontium oh. Dog, like an actual dog with a Johnny Alpha helmet. A <laughs> lot of puns, Strontium Dogs. This episode. Uh, letters suggest that Tharg should run for government. A kid's buddy is a really good artist, and there's a theory about Dred's face. It's not right. Um, <laughs> there. Wow. It's like, oh, he got internet in childhood accent. Like, nah, man. Got a bunch of face scars on the job, buddy. Um, cool. There's a pretty cool Mighty Micro page this week with the Z- uh, ZX Spectrum program that translates English into a uh, o- Ogham, the uh, the runic language from Slain. Very cool. Yeah, there's more reader profiles this Prague, including um a father daughter pair and a lad who's been reading since pro- and I was oh, sorry and a lady who's been reading since Prague one. Um, Hell yeah! I think it's really interesting to see all these guys uh, growing up. Like you know now all these Prague winners are like between 13 and 18 years old and stuff. Mm. And it's also cool as people talk about their favorite genres. Um, we're seeing a lot of like of uh, sword and sorcery catching up with future war, which has always previously been a favorite uh, story type. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I the, love sword and sorcery. Definitely. The uh, the prog ends with Tharg and the bots at the beach, as described in the Nerve Center. Um, I think this is a really funny picture. I love That's how... I love how King's Reach Tower is plowed into the sand, like the Statue of Liberty in 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 Planet of the Apes, you know. Yeah. Um, And how you can see Bert, who like uh, you know can't play in the 2080 reindeer games, is still sort of tagged along, and he's just sort of like peeking over this like retaining wall, looking at all the other bots having fun and drinking oil and stuff. It's pretty real cute. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's a good one. Oh man,
1: fucks. Uh. And all good things must come to an end. Doing a
0: lot of diversions this episode, because I'm just trying to not get to this part. But, uh, speaking of things that are Future Shocks, it's... Uh, (laughs) Thrill for Future Shocks! (laughs) It's just
1: so many of them.
0: Yeah, we're in a real weird spot in, like, the progs right now, you know. So, like, Halo Jones is going to start next episode. The episode after that, uh, uh, Ace Trucking is going to come back to the podcast. Um... But right now we're like in this weird, thrill, dry spell where it's just a dread, strontium dog, and rogue trooper, um, and we just got an assload of future shocked in every episode. <laughs> like, I can't tell if this was like intentional or the accident or like a, just sort of a, an, an accident in deadlines. Like, like in his book, Steve McManus talks a lot of talks about every once in a while about how he'd sort of stockpile um stories but then eventually management would get wind of this and make him like burn them all off basically
1: which like really Um,
0: yeah you know i mean it's like a it's a thing of like running the comic smoothly or um like spending money basically (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, because, especially because a ton of these comics, um, seem to be written by, uh, or these stories seem to be written by, uh, Alan Hebden, makes me mm. think that they might have just, you know, McManus might have just bought like a dozen Alan Hebden stories, and yeah. now he's got to get them all up, so there's burn them off right now, you know? But there's no, um, nothing really talks about it, you know? Like in the, mm. in either in, uh, Th- Thrill Power Overlord, overload or the mighty one or in a um, pat mills book but no one really talks about that because everybody's instead focusing on the fact that we're about to have a big uh strike in the middle of 1984 and that's the bigger news um oh well there we go yeah but anyhow uh prep your air ho- horns everybody because it's oh, time yeah. for some shocks i mean it's there's some for the record there's like some time twisters and just some sort of non-branded what? one-offs in here but they're all future shocks buddy um
1: some of them are good, most of them are not. Let's mm. jump into this uh, yeah. cesspool of overly too much time being spent on future shocks. Indeed.
0: Time. So first we got chain gang script about Alan Hebden, art about Jose casanova oh. letter about Steve Potter, bunch of shirtless. I
1: do love Casanovas.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of shirtless dudes, uh, <laughs> cool hand looking on the side of the road. That's just when you do shit in a chain gang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're having a real bad time until a UFO shows up, blasts all the guards, and beams them away. But oh no, they're alien chain, chain gang guards looking for experienced slaves. Oh, the one thing that's repeated around the universe is that capitalism exploits everyone. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs>
1: capitalism will be the downfall of society. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh my god. I do like Casanova's art here, especially of... um. How he draws the aliens with like the mirrored visor—that's very oh, cool. Yeah. And Luke and stuff like that's very cool. That's fucking um, awesome. I yeah. Next up, stuff. it's the art of advertising. Script about Kelvin oh. Gosnell. Art about Massimo Belladernelli. Letter about Tony Jacob. Whatever. Yeah. This ad executive is not impressed by an artist's sci-fi serial commercial. So the. Artist goes back in time in a way that's not really well described. It's not described. (laughs) To get Da Vinci to paint the Mona Lisa with a box of cereal. Uh, The ad man isn't impressed by this either because it turns out that by doing this, he's accidentally changed the timeline and now all of uh, art is just used to sell products. I think the idea of like, there's like a, like Michelangelo's David is like soaping up to like sell soap and stuff.
1: I love the phrase he's using Stefano's soap, rub it all over, (laughs) lads. Yeah.
0: I do like, I do think it'd be a pretty cool painting to have a painting of a guy covered in soap bubbles and stuff like that. That seems neat. But, um, Yeah, I feel like there's a page missing from our version of this (laughs) prank, like literally.
1: Yeah, it's just it goes from one page, and then suddenly he's back in time talking to
0: Da Vinci. Talking to Da Vinci. I do also like how Da Vinci is like, dude, like I know you're from the future. You obviously (laughs) are. Like I'm a genius, okay? So like, just give me what. Tell me what's going on. (laughs) It's pretty good.
1: no-Nonsense Da Vinci is probably my favorite Da Vinci.
0: I feel like we've had a couple No-Nonsense Da Vinci's in the course of Time Twisters, too. That's pretty fair. Um, yeah, so next up, uh, it's the Domino Theory. Script robot M. Fekins, art robot Ian Gibson, letter robot Tom Frame. I oh. don't know who M. Fekins is. I looked. I, I'm, i like, wagering that it's Alan Hebden, but it could be anybody. Um,
1: so I, I have a question for you. Yeah. You knew where this was going right when it started,
0: right? <laughs> pretty much. Okay. Um, look, these aliens, man, they got a whole bunch of giant dominoes on uninhabited planets. It's pretty cool. Um, they're <laughs> they're falling all over the place. They're making pictures of this one alien's grandma and stuff. It takes days and days. as you know, the uh, the narrator counts like day one, day two, day four. We're underwater. Blah blah blah. Um, Finally, it comes to the final part for this um, domino guy to break the, do- the galactic domino record. Um, is a huge ca- double uh, capped double circle of dominoes, but oh no, the dominoes fall just short. It's a tragedy, a black day for intergalactic domino lovers. Fox, <laughs> the fallen pieces are removed. And 400 million years later, or 400 million days later, a.k.a. a million years, the final section is still standing, also known as Galdern and Stonehenge.
1: No, oh, it was Stonehenge. Is it uh, really
0: just a domino? This is like the fi- the fifth origin of Stonehenge we've had in the course of future shots. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Make up your goddamn mind. <laughs> You know, I feel like we've had like at least like four Stonehenge's and at least ten like Mary Celestes in the course of uh, oh god, of, right? Uh, these things. Um, next uh. up, Bill Tompkins meets Bill Tompkins. Oh, this is horrific it's, and terrible. It's pretty crazy, yeah. shift about Peter Milligan, art about Jose Casanova, sledding about Steve Potter. So Bill Tompkins is a nightmare where everybody looks like him. It's basically like that uh, one part of being John Malkovich, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he uh, he being John Malkovich is in his dream. Um, <laughs> when he wakes up, there's a knock at the door, and it's his exact double. He freaks out and chokes this copycat to death. Only moments later, for his mom to knock at the door, telling him that his long-lost brother, adopted away at birth, has found them and is coming to visit. Oh no!
1: I killed my twin brother just now.
0: That guy's like uh, a murderer, bro. That's not cool. <laughs> Look bad, bad, at horn, I could have airhorn that. Yeah, good uh, idea. Like I just kill people that come to my door. That's what. I, that's what I roll. Oh. <laughs>
1: It's just like it's such a horrible future shock it's like it's not a twist i mean it no. is but also like oh yeah. fuck man S- sort
0: of a bummer yeah um this Although, is after
1: throwing himself out a window to kill himself in his own dream. I do enjoy how
0: Casanovas draws this guy going crazy. Like, he looks real crazy, and that's real good. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean,
1: Casanovas doing beautiful work, as usual. Absolutely. Go back to drawing
0: the pinstripe free. Yeah. Next up, uh, what's up, Doc? Script robot Alan Hebden, art robot Jose Casanovas, Letting robot Peter Knight. Uh, the Juggernaut, a yes. giant, mostly self-driving oil tanker, is headed to New York City when an errant seagull flies in and messes with the autopilot. Instead, it crashes into New York City, causing a massive tidal wave and plowing through bridges and stuff. New York City won't know what hit it. Um, so it destroys yeah. the city, blah, blah, blah. Um, the real star here for sure is Casanova's art, who really does a good yes. job drawing all the destruction and stuff like that. Lots of detail, crazy line work, as you as we expect from him.
1: Which is the only good part about this, I feel like. I mean, I, like, I don't <clears throat> I don't know the purpose of the story, right? Like, this, this one made me a little bit upset because it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a computer, and then it just destroys the thing, and then it says the Big Apple crumbled, right?
0: Right, that's not even, like, like, like a good pun, you know? No. It wasn't even, like, he like, didn't even, like, re- reiterate, like, the Big Apple didn't know what hit it, you know? Like, yeah, he exactly. thinks earlier, you know? Exactly.
1: Or if he had been, like, bringing over uh, a whole bunch of, like, pies and cakes and things like that, and then it's like, the big apple crumble. Get it? (laughs) Like an
0: apple crumble? That's right. We'll accept any letter of death and destruction so long as there's a pun behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Bam, bam, bam! Next uh, up... Uncommon Sense, script robot Alan Hebden as Ben Haldine, which is an anagram of Alan Hebden. Uh, Art robot Mike Collins and Mark Farmer. Letting robot Steve Potter. This is the first work we've seen in Prague by either Collins or Farmer. Collins especially will go on to a lot more stuff around here in 2000 AD. Um, a bug alien is sent to earth to help humanity because our senses are apparently super crappy. So these this aliens, yeah, they're going to help juice those senses up so we can get some wisdom. Um, it all goes wrong immediately though, of course, improving a man's sense of taste makes him eat burgers to death. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, I mean, there's worse ways to go, but you know, he just basically murdered that man.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he literally did. <laughs> <laughs> um improving a guy's vision causes the someone with now like x-ray and radioscopic vision to get confused oh, and walk in front of a truck and get run down and then I mean, it's
1: uh, awesome psychedelia but oh god
0: it's real tough yeah and then uh, imp- uh improving the hearing of a guy sev- several thousand fold causes him to like Hear every whisper as a loud noise. He's deafened by the heartbeats of people coming to his aid, and he too dies of just sound overload. Um, the aliens are confused. Surely, by improving, like, your senses, like taste, vision, and hearing several thousand times without any warning can only be helpful, right? I mean, you know, it's real confusing, man. It just, uh, it doesn't make sense. Yep. <sighs> All right. Uh, next up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just,
1: your delivery was so much better than the comments.
0: I'm I'm at a loss for words. Next up, it's a uh, food for thought scripture about Alan Hebden as a Dean Bethnal, uh. which is also an anagram. Uh, art about yeah. Jeff Anderson, letter about Tony Jacob. It's the That's future. Yeah, there's finally enough food to feed the world, and now the plant's just full of fat people, except for this one guy, Bud Gross. He's sent to a psychiatrist who yells at him until he decides <laughs> to give in and eat the ten to twenty thousand calories a day that a normal person does in this world, and then just with him eat a bunch of food and big like burp like uh, burp sound i guess
1: yeah i you know when i think of like psychiatrist i definitely think of just this. it's the scene where you see him just really up close to the guy and he's just screaming in his <laughs> face
0: i like how he had all these visual aids to prove why you should eat a lot that was good advanced planning uh,
1: yeah I mean, clearly he's had to deal with this before.
0: indeed. next up, it's the real right stuff. Uh, script robot oh. Al Hebden is Dean Benall, letting um art robot Sakara, letting robot Steve Potter. so you know the the right stuff was a movie that was out in um in '84, fox, you know the, the right uh, stuff. no, the one about the early <laughs> space race with like uh Ed, 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 Ed Harris and stuff like that based on the uh, Tom Wolfe novel. um anyhow. A bunch of candidates to be star pilots are getting ready for their final exam. Only one man in a thousand will make it. Good luck. Uh, okay. Vince is worried, especially when his buddy Dean says you just gotta have confidence because he doesn't have any. Um but that night the camp comes on un- comes under attack. Dean and Vince escape the initial um assault and keep moving to avoid being taken. Dean is hit when the attackers have taken control of a pillbox, and Vince makes an insane rush to take it back. He breaks down the door and finds that it was all a test! Yeah. The uh, the final determination was to find a naturally lucky person, and Vince surviving to the end shows that that's him. He's a star pilot. So this you, guy, yeah. oh, he's a star pilot. You lucky dog. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah.
1: So this commander guy mm-hmm. says at the end, <laughs> we didn't kill anybody, right? Like right. we we made sure that everyone was fine. But dude, at the very beginning, they explode a building. You see children flying, fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like, and later and there's an like explosions a swamp happening, with... throwing people back. And later like they escape in a swamp,
0: and there's just just like a hand sticking out of the muck. You know?
1: <laughs> like you gotta be fucking kidding me. He's saying that shit to literally. I I can't imagine that he's not just lying through his teeth. They killed all those children.
0: No, this is some full on like uh like like a uh, Ender's Game kind of stuff going on here. Um. <laughs> But so, and so I guess speaking of uh, remote-controlled ships, it's uh, guerrilla warfare. The final story: so, uh, Alan Hebden as Ben Haldine, art robot Steve Hatton, lighting robot Peter Knight. A low-flying cruise missile oh, yeah. flies over the Russian countryside, freaking people out. What I makes forgot about this, this cruise missile a wonder of modern technology? Work we find <sighs> out after it seems to fly through most of Russia, finally plowing into the ground on like a on like a peasant farm. The missile opens up, and there's just a couple apes in there. Say, good buddy, is this the way to the Kremlin? Um, the end.
1: Was there a joke there?
0: Um, well, yeah, they're talking about that's so a that it's a mo- uh, um, a marvel of modern technology, and then it turns out that instead of being done by computers, it's just being piloted by a bunch of uh of uh, apes. And then there's a secondary punchline that the apes have uh, name tags on their suits that are uh, Bonzo and Ronnie, because uh, Ronald Reagan was in that movie uh, Bedtime for Bonzo about an ape.
1: Okay. So, so, oh, it's like a Star Wars thing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there are cruise missiles that are these missiles that are supposed to, you know, be able to, like, pilot themselves and sort of, like, dodge um, uh, air defenses and shit like that, too.
1: I mean, I get it. It's like a, now now that it's fully explained, I get it. It's like a Reagan Reaganomics yeah it's a
0: star wars thing whatever fox stupid (laughs) Uh, i've just lost all energy i feel like i'm just (laughs) limping to the end here this is a terrible what were your top and bottom thrills for this i mean so uh may june 1984
1: my top's judge Dredd. nice uh the super clear winner i love decker And I'm going to uh, write a little note and put it in her locker and she's going to read it and not know it was me, but it's going to say, I think you're cute XOXO. She's great. She's like the the hardcore kind of judge woman you want to see. And also just like, I don't know, it's nice, like not having a whole hot dog run scenario where it's like all of these people are dumb and failing. Uh, Yeah. You make it to judgehood. But instead, like, yeah, if someone's doing their fucking like getting their wings test kind of thing. um, yeah, you like it's nice to see someone who's just competent in doing things kind of outside of what Judge Dredd might do. She did a couple of surprises, but also just by the book and, and pretty smart. It was just like so fun, some fun stuff. And it wasn't just like stuck in, in them doing one case. It was several. You yeah, know?
0: that makes sense that to me cool. for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, for Bottom, uh, everything that wasn't a Strontium Dog or Road Trooper, that was all bad. Yeah, back um, half of awful.
0: this thing, real rough. It,
1: yeah. <laughs> really just like you you're supposed to work hard to make this thing uh, a thrill power overload you know not a not like a random comic book vomit dumpster <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not saying that all of these future shocks are bad or whatever they serve their purpose but I and we've said this before You know, two pages is enough for a future shock or a fucking uh, time twister or whatever. One, you put one in every comic, that'll do, pig, you know? Yeah. Um, Why? 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 (laughs) Like, and then, especially when they they know they're going to do it, so instead of just putting them all in the back and just being like, all right, well, that sucks, they put them (laughs) interspliced in between some of the good shit, so I'm like, I gotta, like, also eat my peas, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, what about you, man? What are your top and bottoms?
0: Ooh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree. Actually, um, top. I really like Judge Dredd. Um, this sort of contained story of Judge Decker was really cool. I agree that it's nice to see uh, competent judges, competent non-Dredd judges. You know, that sort of builds the world and sort of makes the whole Justice Department seem like good as opposed to just like you know Dredd being like like, like one example of it. I think. I mean, mm. we definitely see other competent judges and stuff like that from time to time. It's nice to sort of focus on one, even if it's through the lens of Dread, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. I like strong Team Dog 2 for the record, and Rogue Trooper's kind of interesting, although, you know, we definitely yeah. can sort of see the structure of these Rogue Trooper stories and stuff. Um, these yeah. Future Shocks are the worst, man, they're in the bottom. Um <laughs> i would I would disagree that these are not doing their job this month because for me, the purpose of a future shock is is as filler just to kind of like you know we need some extra pages to you know we need some extra pages of content to put in the comic here um mm-hmm. just because you know we've got four stories and there's six pages and we need to have thirty pages or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, having two and even some and even in a couple cases, three future shocks in one prog is real rough. Um, yeah, that's like what's going on. Yeah, in comparison to maybe like having just like a short, you know, like something like uh you, do you remember uh, Project Overkill from like a while ago? Oh was my god! Just I like a, one of those. Yeah, or like the or like Visible Man too. One of yeah. these like little, just like six prog like little stories that just kind of have a beginning, middle, and an end, and just kind of get out there and, and do stuff. Um, Even a bad one of those would have been exponentially better than a bunch of future, than like three future shocks in a prog, which is too many, honestly. It's, they they, aren't, they aren't meant to do that. It's not fair to the future shocks to have this many of them at once. And it's not fair for us to have these, you know, these kind of like spring, early summer things that are so clearly filler. You know, when you have three future shocks and a two page spread of fan art, And goddammit. Yeah. And like a slain uh uh cut out figure and stuff. Um, it's just too much, you know, it's just like, it feels like they're just out of things to put in there, you know, and they're just kind of waiting for the next things. And they, even if the next things are classics, it still means that, like, these are rough. This is a rough month, you know? This, like, this month and the first part of June are both kind of rough. I think it might also be a little bit of the run up to the big strike that's about to happen, where just sort uh, of, like, people are, are doing a work slowdown and things like that. That wouldn't surprise me, although it's not specifically said anywhere, but, um, that's certainly possible too. Um,
1: well, I think you you and I have discussed this before, where it's like, you know, we'd love to see more of the small
0: vignette
1: style. Yeah. I mean, it's just anyway. they don't yeah. all have to be Harry on the High Rock length. They yeah. could be like that six episode kind of thing that you're you were mentioning yeah I it's think just great and take some risks
0: it's just real glaring after like six months maybe of almost of, of very few future shocks of mm. really high quality content in these progs to suddenly have a prog that's half filler is real like is especially galling is what i'm trying to say Yeah, here. no and
1: and like and and you're trying to bring new readers in, and kids aren't are fucking around all the time for summer. So yeah. it's like well, now it's is not like, yeah worst time to do
0: that. It's not quite summer yet. It's sort of like early June and stuff, but it's sort of getting there. You know, whatever. But yeah, oh man, this was so th- yeah. This is a rough month, and but it's business is about to pick up, so I'm excited about that for sure. That's good. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site, SpaceSpinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, just look up SpaceSpinner2000, and we should be there. Then come back next time. As uh, podcast worlds once again uh, collide, as I'm joined by Peter Adamson of the Where Eagles Dare podcast, to talk about Ooh. the Judge Dredd Annual 1985. Yeah, it's cool, man. We uh, he's from New Zealand. We had to do a crazy like timing thing to get it to get it together and stuff. 18 oh, hour time difference. Oh um, my god. <laughs> then next uh, next Monday, uh, Johnny Alpha's on the run with Midden Face again. Dread is on a mission with Mean Machine. Rose learns about the details of his secret mission and halo jones goes out
1: Ooh, i'm excited should i be, am excited yeah, it
0: should be pretty good until then i'm conrad east fox and we are space banner 2000 spundig verse